Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to What We Said podcast. It's Tuesday. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you woke up with a fabulous mindset today. I know I did. Sometimes you don't, and sometimes you do. And the days that you do, that's a treasure. I actually didn't. And <laughs> well, I was thinking today, I got out of bed. You know what I've been in? You know what era I've been in? What? Sleeping in, mm. which I hate. Yeah. I hate the way I feel actually. Like you'd think it's just nice, but, and maybe I said this a few weeks ago too. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm sick of it. I've been wait. Well, what do you consider sleeping in? What do you think I mean when I say sleeping in? Like nine, maybe. Okay, I consider it like eight or eight. Well, I set my alarm for eight every morning. Yeah, and I I normally would set my alarm for like seven or seven thirty, and then weirdly, just during the summer, I'm like it's summer. You know, if I don't have anything to do, like why can't I sleep till? Eight or eight thirty. Yeah, but then usually I just lay in bed, which is the opposite of what I've been trying, what I want to do mentally for like thirty minutes to an hour. So then by the time I actually get up, it's nine, and then yeah. I go to whatever, and then by the time my day gets started, it's noon, and I hate it so much. Yeah, the day goes by so fast, but it's completely my own problem. But the thing is, I've just been going to bed too late, and that's what happens once I get on this cycle. I go to bed around midnight. I wake up at eight. Yeah, because you don't want to sacrifice sleep. No. That's my problem. If I go to bed late, it's like I'm going to wake up late. Especially if you don't have something specific you have to be at. Like, yeah, all of my work stuff is not time sensitive to like the morning, you know. So I use that as my justification. But I truly feel so much better. Even just when I wake up at seven and like do a workout or something or go on a walk. I feel so much better. I so know. I need to get it's, back into it. it. Waking up is so hard in the moment when you're so tired. Like waking up early, I mean. When it's the actual time of like, you know, six or something, 6.30 and you wake up Ugh. and you're so tired, like getting that moment is so hard. But I do feel like when I wake up earlier, I just get out of bed earlier because I have to because mm -hmm. I'm so. Like you're going to sit there for two hours. Yeah. But when you wake up a little later, you're you wake up a little more. You're already awake, so you kind of just lay there. You're just like, okay, like I'm awake, like I can. Well, you've already thrown going. in the towel because it's already late. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, whatever. I'll just give up here. on life. Yeah. Anyway, so maybe weirdly, I feel like the fall. I feel well. Actually, that's not weird. We're gonna talk about it next week. But sometimes the changing of seasons is a little bit motivating to kind of like change up your routine. So maybe I'll start waking up a little earlier. I love a cold morning, honestly. Like I know that sounds so not. Appealing. Just cozy. Yeah, but waking up and like going on a walk when it, when you can put on a jacket, ugh, I love that. I hate waking up and it's hot outside. Like I go outside and I'm sweating. I just hate that. I feel so that. I like waking up in the mornings in the fall and the winter because you can bundle up. It's cozy. It's true. Yeah, we're getting into that. We're getting into that season soon. Soon enough. Yeah, I've I've accepted fall. I'm ready for it. I am too. I literally switched a couple days ago. I was like, same. I was so mad that people were getting, I think I even like threaded about it. I'm like, stop. Like we were literally in the middle of July and people are excited for fall. I'm like, I know just we're jumping the, the gun. We're jumping the gun. Yeah. But I a couple days ago, I was like, okay, I'm ready for pumpkin spice. I'm ready for it all. I'm ready for boots. I'm ready for scarves. Same. I made a TikTok about it as well. And people are like, we need something to live for. And I'm like, you know, I respect that. Yeah. Sometimes true. you got to have something to look forward to. And, and fall is 
such a cozy, fun season. So I get it. It's true, especially if you have a lot of if you have a lot of fun things planned for fall. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Also, but. if you live somewhere where the leaves are beautiful and it's you know, I, I get it. I get it. True. Okay, so this might be. I don't know how relevant this will be or if a lot will have changed by the time this episode comes out, but we wanted to talk about the eight passengers. I don't even know what to call it because it's not even a scandal no, at this point. It's, it's not just a like a tragedy. Yeah. Or I mean, literally a crime, I guess, at yeah. this point. But okay. I remember talking to you about eight passengers. I don't think on the podcast ever. No. Maybe, maybe on the podcast, maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, maybe longer than that, honestly. Do you, I was wondering, how much do you know about them in this situation? Because I can do a full dissertation right now. Well, I remember your dissertation when you told me about it. We w- You went into full detail. And so I would see things pop up my TikTok because obviously TikTok like knows now that I know about it. So they uh-huh. will like send me stuff every once in a blue moon. But I knew everything about like now when it pops up my TikTok because this has been all over TikTok like the recent arrest. And so the things that they will bring up, like past things she's done on her channel, I already know about because you told me. Okay, got it. Like punishments she's done with her Mm -hmm. kids or whatnot. So I'll know. I actually feel like I know a decent amount from you. And now that I've been seeing people recapping, you know, the thing. On social media. Yeah. So Eight Passengers was a YouTube channel. It was a family YouTube channel. I don't know all there is to know. Like, I don't know the whole backstory, but... It was called Eight Passengers because it was this Mormon family of a mom and a dad and their six kids. So, you know, eight of them. And they would do family vlogs and they showed a lot of just their family life. And a lot the of... The mom was the main one filming all the time, right? Yeah. Okay. She was the main one filming and kind of running the show. And it started going viral... I don't know if before, I'm sure it was always controversial, but like a few years ago, I remember I had heard of them because they live in Utah and I actually kind of know mutual people around. It's just how it is in Utah. Yeah. You all know someone who knows them, especially in the Mormon community. And, but on TikTok, it kind of started going viral in a bad way. Like people would post clips of their YouTube videos and be like, just drawing attention to the parenting choices and the punishments specifically that mostly the mom ruby would give her kids the dad was also i don't want to call him like an accomplice but like he was also a parent and kind of in on it as well but for some examples like she would be vlogging and you know the teacher from her six-year-old kids school would call did you see that one Mm mm-hmm and was like, hey, your daughter forgot um, oh, her lunch know. today or doesn't have a lunch today. Could you bring one to the school? She's hungry. And Ruby basically says, like, I told her, well, nope, that was her responsibility to pack her lunch. So that's the natural consequence. If you didn't pack it, you don't get a lunch today. And then her going even further and saying, I hope to the camera. I hope no one gives her food at school. I hope no one gives her snack. Her teacher better not give her any food because this is what she deserves. She needs to know. If you don't pack your lunch, you don't get a lunch. And it's like, okay. She's like in first grade. Yes, she's six. Another one is, she's like, I think it's the same daughter. Maybe it's a different one. She's like, oh, she's notorious for sleeping in for preschool. She's four. Oh. She's notorious for sleeping in. So I decided today I'm not going to wake her up because she's always grumpy when I wake her up. So I'm not going to wake her up or whatever and then she's like getting ready her older sister's like helping her get ready for preschool and she's like yep I told her like you slept in today and you missed preschool um congrats like that's what you get and so sad and the older sister's like well she can't really control when she wakes up literally and she's four she's four (laughs) a toddler a toddler literally she's not a a freaking teenager she's not 17 years old she can't even set an alarm. No. It's like, and and that's kind of the thing I was gathering. Well, and I guess anyone is gathering from all of this stuff is that she treats her kids as though they are legitimately supposed to already be grown adults. Yeah. By the time they're like two. 
she there was another story she told and she is the one telling all these stories yeah, and talking she's so about proud it, of it and showing them on her YouTube channel. It's not hearsay or something. Another thing she was telling is her three-year-old. Oh, she left two of her kids on the couch to, to, to watch a movie while she went and took a nap. And she told them under no, this is what she's relaying to the camera. She's like, I told them under no circumstance do you get up off that couch. You stay on that couch while I'm taking a nap. You don't go to the pantry and get food. You stay oh on the couch. God. And she's like, then I came back down an hour later. They were still on the couch. Like, I was like, okay, good. They did what they were told. She's like, and then I walked into the kitchen. And what did I feel? Something sticky on my feet. So I knew that like someone had gotten some type of food out and like spilled it or something. So then she's like, I gave them the opportunity to be honest. Keep in mind, they're three. Oh. One of them is three or four, she said. She's like, I don't oh remember. He's three God. or four. She's like recounting this story. So she's like, I got down on the floor and it was pineapple juice. So I said, who had pineapple or whatever? And they're both like, no, no, we didn't. Like lying because they're terrified of her. Oh. And then she's like, I finally got it out of him, the three-year-old, that he went and got some pineapple out of the fridge because he was hungry. <gasps> but he tried to clean it up with a paper towel. And she's like, well, oh. well, anyone knows that a paper towel alone doesn't clean up pineapple juice. Anyone Bitch. knows. He's three. He's literally three. He doesn't know how to tie his shoe. Literally a year older than Case in a few months. No, everyone knows. What do knows. you mean? What is missing in her brain? And there are just countless stories like that. I mean, I could go on and on and telling you. Like, there's the, I feel like the most viral one is when she made her son sleep on no bed for like seven, seven months, months for like a little harmless prank that he pulled on his brother. Yeah. That is that's insane. The most, that's the most famous one. And uh, one other like really weird element is that she she says you would think by these punishments that she gives her kids that they are the worst kids ever and they are doing drugs and selling like just on the black market yeah. like she cannot control them but they're just literally regular kids it's so sad I know and her other theory just in life in general is like um kids deserve this is something she says she says as a parent it is your job to constantly criticize your kids constantly she's this is word for well i don't want to say word for word but like criticize she's like constantly tell them what they need to be doing better and just oh that's so sad she's like that's what love is and her other just like main theory in life is that basically kids deserve no privacy they deserve she's sort of mistrunchable yeah deserve nothing and when they're living at her house, that's her house that she, she's the parent. And so when they, they were like moving into a new house and the oldest daughter, who was like probably 16 at the time, she was like doing a Q&A for the YouTube channel. And someone asked, what are you most excited for, for the new house? And in the video, she's like, I'm really excited for like to have my own room. And then she like kind of stops herself and she's like, I mean, like, I'm excited to borrow the room from my <gasps> mom. Because that's what they have to say. They're not allowed to say, oh, that's my room. And Ruby will freak out on them and be like, it's what? And they'll have to be like, sorry, it's your room that I'm borrowing. And she's like, yeah. Man. Psychotic. They did not choose to come into this world. No. You brought them here. No, no, no. What is so, your problem? So, okay. It is literally your responsibility to give them a room. They're not borrowing a room from you. You know what's insane? Ew, I just that's saw. That's literally so, I feel so bad for those kids. Like, that There's is so damaging. Growing up like that, they probably have so many issues. I know. It's so sad. It's so sad. And so basically that got controversial and they started getting so much hate to where people were genuinely like, you are, that's Abusive. abuse. Like you're being very, this is crazy. And so they kind of stopped their YouTube channel a few years ago. <clears throat> and then Ruby, the mom ended up joining this group, which, oh my gosh, it like kind of freaks me out. It's like chilling, honestly, to think about this. So they sent their son to like one of those wilderness camps. They took his bed away, all this stuff because because of also the most like minor things ever. Didn't they like, make him quit football? Yeah, he like loved football. They're like, okay, you have to quit then because you don't get to do things you love because you've basically disobeyed us in these certain ways. And I can't even remember and again, what they are. I, I I remember them not being anything crazy. Like no. it's not like he was again sneaking out, doing things that are dangerous. Like I think they were so minute. Oh, like so minute. He was genuinely like I'm putting this in air quotes, but like a good Mormon boy. Yeah, like doing nothing. Just I don't know what the things are. He's Maybe just didn't wake up for. on time and like read a scripture yeah, or something. Just yeah. crazy. 
And so anyway, they got him a therapist who is now we know Jody. <gasps> oh, really? The other one who got arrested. The scariest. So of that all. was that was her, his therapist for a while. At the and, wilderness camp? No, 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 no. Like oh. in the same time frame. They're like, okay, you. you go to wilderness camp. We need to get you therapy. And this therapist oh is yeah, part- Yeah, because he has depression because of you. I know. Is part of this group called Connections. And I don't know if she, I think, I believe she might've created Connections. But it's basically like a counseling, parenting group. Like she's a therapist and she has this service and this community called Connections. She had like a podcast and she would go on Facebook Live and do coaching and whatever. It's kind of like a life coach. I don't know what the situation was. Like for parenting. For parenting mostly though, yeah. And the whole, and it's very specific of like, there's truth. Their whole thing is there's truth and distortion. You have to live in truth. That's just like the constant thing. So you hear that verbiage a lot in the YouTube videos, like in the later YouTube videos, kind of the ending ones before they ended off. It's like, you know, and if your kid is doing this, they're not living in truth. So they need to be whatever. And she would ask Chad, like, what'd you learn in therapy? And he's like, these thoughts are distortion and these thoughts are truth. I need to always live in truth. Like, it's kind of like, okay, weird. So distortion. So Ruby starts getting even more heavily involved in the connections group with Jody. Jody's the therapist Mm -hmm. who started, I believe. And they start like kind of teaming up and doing it together, like doing these Facebook lives and like doing these parenting courses and like charging people like for like healing and whatever else. Gosh. And it was a rumor and I have no idea that Ruby and the husband, they ended up like separating. I don't know if they're divorced or what the situation is, but basically Ruby and Jody ended up getting super close. They're both like, I think Jody might be in her 60s, like early 60s. Ruby's in her late 40s or something. And they start, it starts to become a thing where people are like, wait, now you're almost like bringing religion into it. And it's like getting cultish. Like the way you're speaking is not anymore like, you know, oh, we're helping you to become a better parent. It's like, are you living in truth? Yeah. You need to always be, it's just very, the verbiage, everything is, it's kind of creepy from the outside. It is giving majorly cult. And so that started going crazy. Anyway, they've kind of been quiet as far as YouTube goes. They like wiped their YouTube channel. Ruby claimed recently, she's like, I was making millions off my YouTube channel, but I stopped because I wanted to protect my kids because they're getting like, but the irony is she's like, because people are saying things online and it's not in truth. Like they need to know what the truth is oh and not God. distortion. Anyway, I am so sorry I've been talking about this for so long. But basically, now Ruby and Jody, the two women, were arrested. Yeah. And it is so much worse than I think anyone could have ever imagined. Like, you know, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like I knew she was. I don't want to say crazy, but kind of. Like her parenting was very questionable. Yes, it was very intense. But I didn't know if it warranted getting arrested. You know what I mean? You have evidence and you're going to arrest them, yeah. Exactly. Like I wasn't sure if that would ever be the case. So it comes out that basically there's four, I think three or four kids left at home. I think four kids of Ruby's left at home and they were living or staying with Jody, the Mm, girl. That's freaking weird. The other girl. And Ruby. Like, mm-hmm. Ruby and Jody are essentially living together, business partners now, everything. Yes, there are rumors. Yeah. And I literally do believe them. Yeah. But anyway, they, the boy who's 12 years old at this point, Ruby's oldest, or not oldest son, the youngest son, but he's the oldest one who's, sorry, cut that out. Ruby's younger son, but he's the only boy that's living at home, supposedly, as the police reports state, climbed out of a window, out of Jody's window where they were staying. And went to a neighbor's house to beg for food and water. It's so Because sad. they were so starving. And they said and he was like malnourished. Like very, obviously like emaciated. Yes. And they said he had duct tape on his hands and feet. Oh and my gosh. wounds on him. Completely emaciated and malnourished. Which doesn't happen overnight by no, the way. That happens no. over a long time. And the... Everything was so bad that they had to take him to the hospital. They were, like, very worried. And so that gave them enough evidence to essentially go and search the house. They found the other kids. They found other consistent, like, 
duct tape stuff. Duct tape and wounds and things like that. I think they took another kid to the hospital too who was like very malnourished. Yeah, I think so too. And now they were able to arrest them. So sad. That literally breaks my heart. Like little kids. I don't, I will never understand. It's very similar to like the Turpin thing. No, you know what I was going to say? It is weirdly a combination of the two stories we read on our true crime like oh, episode because yeah. mm-hmm. it's giving Lori Vallow in yes. the way that she's like becoming, join this culty yeah, thing. Yeah, this culty thing literally thinks that she is correct and she is essentially God at this point. Like yeah. I know what the truth is and making everyone live like that. And then it's a lot like the Turpin situation where it's like they're literally taping their kids up. Locking up Locking their kids. them up and, and not feeding them. No, what is... Th- what is happening? No, that is so disgusting. It makes me so sad. I just feel like so sad for those kids. I saw the daughter, the oldest daughter. And this is how you know. It's not just like, oh, the kids are still on the parents' side. The oldest daughter literally posted on her Instagram story. She doesn't live with them. She's yeah, like... she's out of 18, the house. I think she's 20 now. I don't think she talks to her parents at all No, anymore. she doesn't. She posted a video or a photo of like the police and outside of her family's house and was like, finally, at, on her Instagram story. And then the next one was like, basically, the kids are safe for now. Like, keep praying for us and like, help us keep our privacy or something like that. But like, I'm so happy this finally happened. Yeah, basically. she's like, we've been trying to tell the police and CPS about this for years. And we're so happy that they finally did something about yeah. it. And then her next slide was talking about like, She's like, I need your help. Please send any videos, any clips you guys have. Because the YouTube channel has been wiped. Yeah. But luckily, people, so have, many people have screen recorded so much. So there's so much evidence of her literally saying crazy things that like. Anyway, so basically admitting. A video confession. Yeah. There's so much incriminating stuff even on her personal like connections page of them talking. I saw one that was like. Her daughter wasn't eating, basically had an eating disorder. And she was like, she's lying to you. Like, if she was giving advice. Eat, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, if your kid is, has problems eating and like says that they don't want to eat. Basically, if your kid has an eating disorder, that's not exactly what she said, but paraphrasing. Then that's them trying to lie and scheme their way. And you can't basically don't believe them. And you're a fool if you believe them. Yes, you're a fool. And I just want to know what parents are also watching these lives and seeing like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because it starts to like brainwash them into having no empathy for their no. own children. It's, it's so disgusting. It's completely devoid of any empathy. They and don't understand anything. No, especially when they're little. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. And that's what this one girl I saw, she's making a video. She's like, why is no one talking about they are spreading? There's a whole community of people yes. who are intaking this information. and are brainwashed by it. Like, thank goodness they both got arrested and now they can't do it can't anymore. Can't do it anymore. It's like, gosh, all the parents who are listening to that and genuinely, yeah. Probably were fine parents before then start yes. listening. Like, yeah, you're right. I need to be living in truth. And their kid who has normal issues as one does going through puberty growing up, now their parents are like, oh, nope, you're lying to me. You're trying to scheme your way. It's yeah. like, what kid is no. trying to do that? You're, oh my gosh. There was this one video of them. <laughs> this is where I literally lost my mind. I could not. Speaking of the responsibility thing and, and genuinely how they believe you should be responsible for your actions as like a tiny child. They're talking about how when you take your first breath as a newborn. Oh, no. You are now responsible for your <gasps> own actions because you were, uh, you, were, you were hooked up. The second the umbilical cord is cut. You're on your own. She literally says that. She is like, stop. She's like, now you're on your own. That was it. You were, your mom was responsible for you. Now that's it. You're responsible for yourself. A um, newborn. Are you aware that if you don't care for does them? does not agree with you at no. all. <laughs> it's so twisted. What would happen if you just left that child alone? Yeah. It would die, you dummy. Like, are you stupid? You know I'm telling you, it's like maddening. Oh my God. It's maddening. Even in nature, no. they don't leave their young alone. They're not just like, off you go. No. Oh, my She's like, gosh. you're a baby bird now. I'm like, baby birds need their mom yes, to feed they them. they stay in the nest they while stay in the, the mother nest. comes back and feeds them. Like, oh, what? my gosh. And also, you're a human. You're different than a bird. No, it is wild. Like, the things that they say yeah, are it's just— it's really scary. It's terrifying. It's just so—I just feel so— so bad for those kids like I really do it's just so sad when when kids like 
they just get the word. They just got their childhood taken away from them with like overly strict parents where they were not doing anything wrong. And now they're probably going to have these issues for the rest of their life feeling like they're never good enough. I know. When they were total, like perfectly good kids. No, it makes me so just feeling so infuriated. And I heard a clip, which I'm so proud of the oldest daughter for like yes. breaking away and being like, I'm not going to talk to you guys. This is really crazy. Like she was saying they, they, the beliefs of connections, quote unquote, are very extreme and she doesn't agree with them and whatever, which is brave. Like yes. it's very brave of her. Yeah. I was listening to a clip though of her talking. She was on some podcast or something being interviewed and it still broke my heart because I can hear in her voice like she would say stuff about just growing up with the camera in her face and being on this family vlog channel and stuff. And she'd be like, but I probably, she would kind of not like protect her parents, but say something and be like, but I probably brought that on by myself. Like that was my, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 girl. Do not take blame for any of this. This is not your fault. She's been gaslit into thinking her childhood was normal. And like that her parents really have her best interest in heart when they don't. No, they don't. They don't. They have no empathy. They have no, like, they don't have that anymore. It's gone. No, I, I seriously could go on and on with yeah. the, the clips I've seen Atrocities. of just like shocking things that they've said on YouTube, on the Connections page. Like it is unreal. But truly, I'm just so happy that justice is being served. And like, Seriously. I can't believe it took this, like literally a kid climbing out of a window, just like the Turpin case. Yeah. Like it's so to horrifying. The point, yeah, where you have a child a child get to a point of survival of survival instincts where they have to escape and go get help and they're probably terrified yes, that you in order for a child to get to that point to disobey their parents to a point where they will go ask a neighbor for help against their own family like that's how you know how bad it is because even when you're like yeah, my parents are strict. You're not going to your neighbor's like because you're scared of your right. parents. But when you get to a point where your instincts literally kick in, like I'm going to die if I don't get help. Like you have you no have choice. to. Yeah, it was. It's so sad because people are being like, no, not him. Like he was always the one who had like anxiety and was like super the kid who oh, escaped. Don't make me cry. I know. I'm like I'm gonna sob. But also, it's like very brave yes. of him. Ugh, I'm so sad. I know. I just cannot believe this whole situation. Anyway, whew. Hopefully, I don't know. Again, I don't know what else will have come out by the time this goes up. So maybe this is all old news and we have new developments. But I'm just hoping that she gets what's coming to her. Like yeah. she needs to be, she needs to go to jail. Yes. And I, I saw some things that said like if she gets convicted, she'll be in prison for 15 years minimum. Oh, and I'm good. like, good, good, yeah. as you should. Yeah. I really hope that I don't see it. I don't see no. her getting out of it. What is no. what, how she can get out of it? But she deserves what's coming to her for sure. Did the husband get arrested? Like, where's the I husband? I don't think so, no. I think they separated, and I don't know what his involvement is. But I think it does say something that, like, the oldest daughter does not speak to either of them. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, he can't be No, he's definitely great. not perfect. Because if he, if he was a good parent, he would have intervened when the wife was doing all the crazy stuff in the first place. For sure. So, yeah, I'm very, very wow. curious about that. I'm not sure, but. Sheesh. Yeah. I know. Terrifying. Really, really sad. Hoping everything just continues to go in a good direction yeah. and hope those kids are able to. I, I know they have a lot of family, like extended family that's, yeah. that love and care for them. So I, that will hopefully, you know, they can be with their aunts and their uncles start and their, their cousins healing. and yeah. start healing because it's just it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, should we get into these questions? Yes, we should. We have some some fun questions today. We're going to take a break to talk about Rocket Money. I have a lot to thank Rocket Money for, especially because I found out through Rocket Money, the app, that I was paying for a Hulu subscription twice a month. And I'm talking about the premium one, okay? So it wasn't, wasn't just the $11 no, you know, ads one. It was expensive every month and coming out of my pocket. And I didn't even realize it until I got rocket money. And it has literally opened my eyes to so many subscriptions that I've been paying for that I forgot that I had. There are subscriptions for everything these days, I swear. Sometimes I'll sign up for something that I want to use once. And then I look at it 12 months later and I've been paying for it for a year. And I didn't even realize it was a subscription. You know, they have streaming services, fitness programs, and sometimes it feels impossible to just keep tabs on everything that you're paying for every month. 
And that's why we're huge fans of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. So no more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. And all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. This is best case scenario because they literally do all the heavy lifting for you. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use, cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash what we said. That's rocketmoney.com slash what we said. Rocketmoney.com slash what we said. All right, we're taking a quick ad break for Tinder. This is for all our girls and guys, if you're listening out there, who are in their dating era and you want to go on dates, you want to meet the one, or maybe you just want to meet someone to go on a date with. You know, we don't we don't have to get too serious, but you can if you want. Tinder is the world's most popular dating app. So many possibilities really are just a match away. When I was a wedding photographer, I can't tell you how many weddings I shot where the bride and groom met via a dating app. So I know that it can really work. On Tinder's, you have the most opportunities to find whatever it is you're looking for. And Tinder has its latest feature called relationship goals, which is you basically are able to set your status on your profile to show others what type of connections you're looking for. And you can see what others are looking for. So there's no more guessing. And you can really get, you know, aligned on just what you're looking for, whether it is serious or not, then the other person knows your expectations and vice versa. Tinder has features like block contact or block profile, which allows you to block profiles even before you match with them. So if you get a bad vibe, you don't have to wait until they say something inappropriate or you, you know, you don't want to come across them again. They also have video chats so you can meet your match before meeting in real life, which is really great because then you for sure know you're not getting catfish. And if they say that their camera is broken, know that they're lying. Tinder wants you to feel comfortable. 1.5 million Tinder users go on in real life dates every week. Other apps are hard. Tinder is easy and fun. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Tinder, it starts with a swipe. Download Tinder today. Again, that's Tinder. If you'd grown up in a different environment, do you think you'd have turned out the same? Wow, what a what a segue. I mean, <laughs> this is a real throwback to nature versus nurture, isn't it? You're trying to make us go back to our second episode. Go back to our roots. When we, we ask the age-old <laughs> question, is it nature or is it nurture? And I think I would I honestly be like half the same and half not. I think I'd be very different, obviously very different. But if I, if you're saying I have the same genetics and everything, yeah, I think I'd be a little bit the same. Yeah, I think it's impossible to grow up in a completely different environment and be the same. Your environment, even if it's not the only thing that impacts you, it definitely impacts you. Yeah, it's where you learn mm -hmm. things. That is actually so interesting to think about. Like if you grew up, same parents same siblings obviously like they had the same amount of yeah. kids but you guys grew up in like the south of france yeah insane you know? yeah it's so it's actually so bizarre to think about because the community you're around the culture you're around where you live does impact a lot mm -hmm. i think some of the things that i've had ever since i was like little little i would still have like inside of me like the inner child would kind of be similar but I think a lot of the way that I, my humor would probably be way different. The way that I thought about the world would be way different. <gasps> so many things. That kind of freaks me out. I know. Thinking about an alternate reality where it's like I have the same parents and family just in a completely different place. Yeah. With different people so around much. us. Yeah. So crazy. That is actually wild. Do you like your name? Is there another name that you think would fit you better? Mercedes. <laughs> Yeah. For you, not for me. I do like my name. Even though everyone calls me Jackie everywhere I go, I can't really picture having a different name. I yeah. think my name fits me and I feel connected to it. Can you think of one name you think would fit you even better than JC? 
No. I mean, I haven't given it much thought, but. I'm trying to think. Just someone just becomes their name and it's impossible to, you know. Yeah. Once you've known yourself with the same name for. Forever. Over 20 years, it's like. I can't think of anything that would connect as well. I know. It is so true. Sometimes I forget what my name is, though. You know, like, when you really think about my name. Out of all of the millions of people that live on this earth and all of the millions of names I could have had, this is my name. Yeah. If you ever think about that. It's kind of like when you look at a word for a long time and it doesn't become a word anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my name. Like, I am this to other people. I am Chelsea to other people. Yeah, no, it is. It's weird. It's weird. I, I like my name. I definitely, when I was younger, I think I knew a lot of other girls with my name. So I was feeling like, dang, I wish I had more of a unique name. But yeah, I mean, it's, now I just feel like it matches me. But I also changed my name when I was 20 to Jade because I felt like that matched like a part of me as well. I don't know if it necessarily fit me better. I felt like it was, it fit like a certain part of me better, like a certain, I don't know inner part of me but as a whole when I like even changed my Instagram name back to because for a while on Instagram my name was Jade Demir on Instagram that was my name like that's what people literally thought my name was they would mm-hmm. be like Jade like blah blah it's just so weird now because I like forget about that my <laughs> friends in Utah used to call me Jade that no one an called era. me Chelsea yeah and even when I changed my name after I got married back to like Chelsea Jade Curtis like I just kept Jade because I felt like that did it was just kind of like a little piece of me that I created for myself. I felt like that uh-huh. I could kind of like take, but I, I also was kind of missing my name. I'm like, my name is just my name. It just fits me. Yeah. Like I just am a Chelsea. It just is what it is. Yeah. When you're born with a name. Yeah. I do think, and maybe it's because I picture it as your middle name and you did change your name. Like Jade, I do feel like does fit you. Yeah, for it sure. It fits your vibe. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I don't feel like it encompasses, maybe because like you grow up with your name. So you feel like it's there with you to collect all the parts of you. Like, I feel like Chelsea is just like a well-rounded, it it encaps, like, I don't know, just, what is the word I'm looking for? Encaps. Encompasses? Yeah, encompasses every part of me. <clears throat> that makes sense. I'm trying to think of a different name that I would have and I simply can't. Like, any name that I like that's a girl, you know, it's like, okay, that's potentially a baby name. I'm not going to give it away. Exactly, yeah. I don't necessarily picture me with that name. I'm just thinking of, like, names I like. Yeah. Yeah. When you come up with baby names, I feel like, as every girl does since the age of 12, like, you have a list of baby names, you're picking those names because you like them and you would want to be named those names as well. Exactly. There are a lot of names, you know, I would be down with, but I'm not telling you guys. (laughs) Could you live as a hermit? A.K.A. what I already do most of the time. A hermit crab. A hermit that actually like lives up in the mountains by themselves. Absolutely not. No, I would go crazy. I'd go insane. I think at a certain time in my life, I would have thought that I would have liked that when I was a teenager, maybe like, you know, in my, as most of us do, going through our like brooding era. I would have been like, yeah, I would have loved to just be by myself. I love being by myself. But now that I'm older, I really don't. I can be by myself, but I'm like, why wouldn't I want to be with other people? You know what my recent discovery or thought has been is like, and maybe this is just common. I'm not sure. But lately, I have no desire. Like, I I can't get the urge to be like, I should plan something. Like, I want to go do this with people. But then if and when I do, and a lot of times I'm kind of dreading like, oh, I have this planned with other people. I'm like kind of dreading it. And then every time after I'm like, I'm so happy I did that. I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. I feel so rejuvenated. I don't know what it is, but I've just been lacking the motivation to be very social lately. But also when I'm social, I feel way better. Like the worst that I ever feel is when I'm inside doing work on my computer all day. Yes. And I, like, go outside for one walk or something. I'm like, that was the worst day. Like, I do not feel full, fulfilled, happy. And it's not like I have to be hanging out with friends 24-7, but just, like, going out and about. Yes, like, even just in the neighborhood, at a restaurant, anything. It's like, I think I really need that. There's something comforting even, yeah, just being around people. You don't have to even talk to them 
or go with those people. But going, even going to a coffee shop and sitting there and you're not alone, like you're surrounded by other people, it's very comforting. It is. It feels safe. I agree. I think I would die if I was a hermit. Same. Probably because I also don't know how to make food for myself, so. Same. <laughs> that would be short-lived. If you have a dog, whether you just got a new puppy or you've had a dog for a while and, and you're looking for potentially a new brand of food or if you don't know what to feed your dog, because sometimes you get a dog and you're like, wait, no one told me, you know, what brand or what I should be feeding them. The farmer's dog is such an amazing option. This is what we have fed Lady for years and years. She loves it so much. It's fresh, healthy food. It's not dry kibble that smells bad and you can see the real ingredients in it. It comes like pre-portioned. It's super easy. It comes in these little packs. It will say like ladies turkey recipe on it or ladies beef recipe. And we feed her one pack a day. It's so simple. We keep them in our freezer and then just thaw them out in the fridge and they can last in the fridge for multiple days. So we'll just have a few packs in the fridge at a time and just feed her half a pack a day. It's so simple and she gets so excited for mealtime. The farmer's dog delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's developed by vets, nutritionally balanced, and made from real healthy ingredients to human food safety standards. This is the best option for dogs of all life stages because it's not kibble. It's not canned goo. It's just real healthy food. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are highly processed and can use much lower quality ingredients than they claim to and are extremely difficult to portion accurately. The farmer's dog isn't just fresh, high-quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs, which helps you maintain their ideal weight. It doesn't matter if your dog is young or old. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health, helping you live more healthy, happy, and full years together. That means more magical moments with your dog, but no actual magic required. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash what we said. Plus, you get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash what we said. Again, that's thefarmersdog.com slash what we said to get 50% off your first box plus free shipping. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. On a scale of 1 to 10, how hard is it to get under your skin? Oh, one. <laughs> it depends on the day. On It depends on the week, for being honest. Same. Is it my luteal phase <laughs> or is it my premenstrual phase? Because I actually think it's decently hard to actually get under my skin where it's like you're staying there under my skin. Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to like temporarily. I'm like, oh, I want to have something to like be annoyed about. Be annoyed about like this person who's. Walking you know. too slow, right? Yeah, in front exactly. Of me or it's like, okay, that's annoying. But I feel like for the most part, maybe this is because I'm a middle child, I'm serious. I and like had to maybe be a little bit of like a I wouldn't say I'm a peacemaker in my family by any means, actually. I would say I'm like the opposite. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my first reaction is to not let things get under my skin. Like not let other people get under my skin. And I'm like, I just like brush it off. But then when they do, it's hard to get them out. You know what? I was going to say I'm the opposite. I feel like initially it's easy to get under my skin. Like it's easy to annoy me for a second. But long term, not at all. Like it. Yeah. It's That's not. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you said. But it's hard to get them out of your skin. And I was no, thinking, I said if somebody really, really like. If you're the person who really gets under my skin, then like, yes. But for the most part, it's. I, I said if. If it's like something very quick and easy, yeah, you get under my skin for a second, but it's actually very hard for people to actually get under my skin. Oh, I thought you said the opposite. Well, yeah, I think like long term, I don't let things really bother me. Yeah. Like for long amounts of time. It's more of like an hour, a day. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, this is annoying. Yeah. And then I'm like the next day, don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. Just move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I'm thinking like... Do you have any really grudges from like a long time ago that you can think of? Hmm. Because I, I feel like I, I don't day to day, 
I was reading The Untethered Soul and he was talking about like energy blocks and how when something comes up, like you might not think that you have any grudges or anything that you're holding on to energetically, even in your body. But say you see a car of like somebody that you used to know and that car triggers you for a second. And I was thinking about that and little things that will come up like from years ago. And even if it's like not a big deal. Yeah, a big deal. I do notice a little like block that I'm like, oh, I need to like release that because I don't know if I've ever fully like felt that and let it go. I think I always just kind of like pushed it down. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. Like even I'm trying to think of some. Yeah. I feel like I have a few little things, but nothing that I think about a lot day to day. Like a chip on your shoulder. A chip on my shoulder? Doesn't that mean you? What does a chip on your shoulder mean? I thought it's like if somebody kind of maybe like a long time ago, I'm thinking doubts you or something like that. Someone says something kind of hurts you and then like you feel like you have something to prove. Oh, definitely. A chip on one's shoulder, a deeply ingrained feeling of resentment. Yeah, kind of uh, often driving from a sense of inferiority. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I I do feel like, and I I feel like I phase in and out of this. I've talked about this before, but I talked about this actually on the Girls Camp podcast. I was I was thinking that a lot of I I think what's like fueled me in my j- just the personality trait, quote unquote, that I've had of being like, I go after my dreams. I'm a hard worker. All of that stuff has been fueled by sometimes the wrong things. Like, and it is kind of people from my past, like making fun of me a little bit or being like, why are you doing that? That's like doubting dumb. You, like yeah. doubting me. And also just from like my religious upbringing of like that not being the norm or that me not seeing a lot of girls or women who had that personality type. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like I wanted to like be different than the like just basic community I was around. Like, okay, I want to, you know, which I'm not saying is like a good thing. If anything, I think it's like a not attention seeking, but just like a way for me to feel unique and like validated in Mm -hmm. something else. And yeah, I think that's where a lot of it stems from. And that's like why just my whole, like the past few years I've been trying to figure out, it's like, am I someone who loves to work and is super driven? Am I this natural leader? Am I this person I've always told myself I am? Or did I become that person because I wanted so badly to receive validation and for people to think whoa that's impressive yeah I know it's actually freaky we talked about this on one of our girls nights like um going back to the untethered soul I was I was talking about how in that book it's kind of trippy because he basically talks about like the whole point of untethered soul is that you as you are is actually none of your personality traits. It's not even what you look like. Like your soul, the person who's observing your life is none of that. Like, so in a sense, you are not this like, you know, person that, oh, I that's just who I am. It's I like learned. Go yeah, it's like everything you are is learned. Because he was saying, okay, you look in the mirror, you're like, this is me. And he's like, okay, explain to me, like, who are you? I'm Chelsea. I'm 5'4". I have mm-hmm. brown hair. He's like, okay, well, what about when you were two? You weren't 5'4 and you had no hair. Was that still you? It's like, okay, yeah, I guess. Okay, like I'm change. Yeah, like I'm Chelsea, I have blue eyes. Okay, what if your eyes all of a sudden turn different color? Would you still be who you are? It's like, oh my gosh, yes. And you try and get down to the bottom of it. It's like, even if I wasn't, you know, these personality traits that I've told myself that I just am my whole life, I would still be this person looking at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, who is that? It's so it is. I mean, it's it. the point of it is not to be terrifying. It's to be very comforting to be like these things that you think are holding you back are really just things you've you've I you've taken on as your identity that have nothing to do with your identity, actually, and that you don't need an identity. And they don't define you. At but all. a lot of people do. I would say the same thing about myself. Things that I attach to are things that I felt were different about me mm-hmm. that made me special, that made me unique. And so I really paid attention to those and like emphasize those to make myself feel special. Totally. I think maybe I'm just saying that very to make normal. myself to feel better. But I was going to say, I do think that's human nature to just want validation and love and want to be oh, for sure. in the group with people and want people to think that you're great and that they like you. It's like, it's pretty, it's pretty normal. Oh, I don't know. Every sing- like he was saying like every single person does that. It's like very rare to... 
have this awareness that like the person who's even observing your thoughts are not your thoughts. It's like this awakening that you have, which is what a lot of people, what they call like, if they have, they woke up or like- Spiritual awakening. Yeah, spiritually, yeah. spiritual awakening is because they all of a sudden realize like, oh, all of these things that I've attached to for my whole life, I don't have to attach to. Totally. But most people, 99.9% .9 of people on earth never really experience that. That's just how life is. Mm-hmm. Because that's how we cope and go through life and survive. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with having identities as well that you, you know, nurture and things like that. That's just part of life. But it's he talks about the attachment to that identity where then it starts causing you all these internal issues and you're reeling about it for days and days. And it's like you don't have to when it's you can just kind of look at it almost as a game, something to utilize. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting book. Yeah, I actually haven't read it, I don't think. I need to. Um, yeah, I've been, transparently, I've been having a lot of existential, like, just thoughts. Thoughts and, like, not really? dread, but, like, yeah. I feel like. Honestly, then, you should read this book. Because really? I was having so many, I was having the worst existential anxiety and every night when I would read this book, it made me feel so calm and not in a way it doesn't like reassure you like, no, you do know the answer. It's almost the, the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah. The last I've been having so much anxiety about like, yeah, just existential things. What happens after we die? Like just a lot of how do we know about the universe? What, what, you know, all of these people just when you start thinking, everyone knows what yes. kind of thoughts we're talking about, but just questions. And I, do you know what though? When you said everyone knows what we're talking about like I actually don't think I don't think I knew about existential really like when people be like oh I have like an existential crisis I'm feeling existential dread I'd be like oh yeah I know what you mean and like recently I'm like oh no 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 I think I get what oh. you're saying now like I don't mm. think I've ever felt the feelings that I've been it? feeling recently of like oh wow I don't know anything about what happens and like I have so much, like you're talking about energy blocks. I feel like I truly have, I have a lot of energy blocks, probably, I'm assuming, surrounding religion and mm -hmm. like my upbringing. Yeah. And which religion is it? existential stuff. Right. And just existential things like that. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that because even in recent episodes, I, f I feel like I haven't really said that, but I've been talking about the, a few different things come to mind one when we were talking about how like oh you know your is your wedding day gonna be the best day of your life and then we were we were chatting about like oh was our wedding day the best day of our lives and I was mm -hmm. like hmm, I don't know if it was and you were like oh I, mine was and I was like okay I don't I think mine was and then I was <laughs> I was like reflecting I'm like why would it not be the best day of my life like yeah life is the best person in the world like we have a great relationship and then I was thinking it to me it's because it was so religious and oh. I don't connect with that anymore and I don't like it felt like my wedding wasn't on my actual soul's terms. Mm. Like, that's not what I would have wanted to do for my wedding. But I did it because that was the quote-unquote right thing to do yeah. in my community. That makes and sense. so I have some, like, resentment about that. It's like, oh, dang, I didn't get to have, like— And no, it's not like, oh, I didn't get to have this party where— it's not that. It's just like my soul wasn't fully aligned that day. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel connected to what I was doing. And at that the time, sense. and at the time it was okay. Like it, I wasn't having the thoughts I have now. So it wasn't like I was completely, but I think I definitely knew something was like, I didn't fully connect with that religious ceremony and everything yeah. I was doing. And I think I knew that, but I pushed it down. Yeah. And if I you knew, to. especially if, I feel like if you did know it that day, it would have put a little bit of a damper on the day. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and again, not as extreme as I do now, I yeah. think. Like, I was a little but more like, But if you oh, had a I feeling think... of, like, I don't. Yeah. Then, yeah, that would definitely put a little bit of, like, just. Yeah. Well, that. Inauthenticity on the exactly. day. Exactly. And, and between that and then recently we were talking about, like, oh, does everything happen for a reason? And I feel like my energy that day of talking about, oh, does everything happen for a reason was, like, kind of negative where I was, like, guys, we can't keep saying that to people. Like, and that's all just completely from my perception. But basically the point is, I feel like I've been almost like a downer lately in this way where I'm like, nothing's real. I don't know what's happening. No, nothing yeah. happens for a reason. Like, 
And it's just because I've lost so much comfort. Yeah. And what I use what I used to find comfort in is no longer comfortable to me yeah. at all. It it offers me no relief, no peace, no comfort. Yeah. So that's like So very, where do I go? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I have to go within. But that it's just hard. It's just yeah. it's like a hard thing to do. No, it's very true. Dang. Oh no. I'm sorry. It is. It's very scary. I feel like it's even scarier because you also know there's like no, nothing that's going to reassure you. So you just, you want so badly for someone to tell you like, this is going to make you feel better and this is the answer and like this will make you, you'll never doubt anything again. But it's just, at least for me, I just know that I will always be questioning things. And it's like, I have no choice but to know that I will never be reassured about it and something Abby always talks about with OCD is like she has I mean I'm not gonna like speak for her but paraphrase like she's had existential OCD which is like that to the extreme constantly thinking about it especially in religious places and something that her therapist like she's learned through therapy is like reassurance is the worst thing to do actually for that is when you're having those things is to just tell yourself like no, not, that will never happen. This is exactly how it is. It's like, that does not, because we are these complex humans with these like complex thoughts, patterns, that is not good for us to have this reassurance constantly. And when you have anxiety about something, you're always looking for reassurance. You're like Googling. That's why I Google everything. I'm like trying to find like, I just want to make sure that this is okay. And I think you just get to a point where it's like, I just, but I feel like that, I've I've been there before where it's like that exact oh my gosh I know nothing and like this is scaring me so bad like I feel so alone in this you like quite literally in this universe like I don't know like I can't go to anybody for answers and because there is not nothing that will answer it is no nothing helps and to to that point though I think that's like the like you said, the constant reassurance isn't even necessarily good. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's how I feel now about my religious upbringing is that I was constantly re- reassured. Yeah. So my entire upbringing is oh we have answers for everything. Mm-hmm. Anything you're questioning, you, there's an answer yeah. for it. it. Doesn't matter. You're not. It, you don't need to be sad because you know when people die, you're going to see them immediately again. You're going to be with your family forever. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. The, and it kind of in a way it stops depth of thoughts and feelings yeah. because it's like, oh, I don't even need to consider that. It's way more comfortable because it's like, I don't even need to go there, go there in my mind of like, oh, what's going to happen here? It's like, no, no, no. I just know everything's going to be great. And, and it's so comfortable. And so to be told that your entire life that you have literally all the answers, you know, the truth of, of basically everything. All you have to do is just have faith. You have the truth. You know it all. Yeah. And then to, just kind of come to the belief or the realization that you don't think that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. It is. And it's and like the contrast, like some of my friends who didn't grow up religious at all, like they don't have, I mean, I don't want to, I'm sure they have their own existential thoughts, but like, I don't feel like they struggle in this same way because they've never had the quote unquote answers. Well, they they've might had to do this. Exactly. That's the thing is you have to, go through it. There's no other way around it. You have to go through it in order to get out of it. And so, and and not that you get out of it forever. I feel like, and I don't know exactly how you felt, but I definitely felt probably like a year ago, the exact same way that you're feeling like just (laughs) like debilitated, honestly, like where it's like, yeah, just very negative about everything. And like, especially that where it's just like, I feel defeated. I feel so lost. I feel so like whatever. And not that I don't feel lost now, but I feel like, honestly, Abby's helped me a ton with this, like with the reassurance stuff is like, you just don't know. And like, you have to, once you understand that you will never know, it's the most terrifying thing to go through. But once you go through it, it gets easier and easier to like, yeah, I just don't know. And like, you get almost used to it in Mm -hmm. a way. And I think a lot of people, especially if you do grow up in a way where you do think you know everything and like everything's already, you don't have to do the work on your own. Like, in, I mean, like mentally, internally. Yeah, mentally. Yeah. I think 
you are constantly looking for some reassurance in anything else. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, you leave one religion, you maybe go to another one or you totally. go to, you know, other little things, even books that will tell you like, this is how it is, this is how it is. And I think I do that a lot with like self-help books. Like I'll like look for like, okay, tell me like, give me some kind of reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason I even was talking about the untethered souls because he doesn't do that at all. Like it's not like everything's going to be okay. It's literally the opposite. It's like, you don't know. No one knows. Like, and the last chapter is all about death. And I got to that chapter. I think I told you this. And I was like, oh, God, this is what I've been having ever since I had case. Like, this is what I've been having the most anxiety about. It's just death in general. And the questions that surround it and kind of what we're talking about, like, why do these things happen? And I was like, oh, he's going to tell me the answers. Like, I'm going to get an answer in this chapter. And the first one was like, we don't know anything about it and we never will. And basically he was saying, which was a little comforting, was like, these things that are so scary about life and the end of everything makes what we do enjoy and what makes us do feel comfortable. These things like so much more enjoyable is because these scary things do exist and there are no answers to them and you just have to deal with that. And that's how it is. And I, first I was very disappointed. I'm like, no, I wanted, yeah, I wanted like you to tell me everything was going to be okay. Tell me an answer. And after I finished, I was like, okay, I'm feeling very uneasy, but I feel like it's helped me just kind of like cope with it a little bit and just kind of move on. Cause it's like, we have no other choice besides just totally keep living, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's hard because I feel like I don't like to talk about, well, I go in and out of phases, but a lot of times I just don't like to talk about religion, like publicly, yeah. publicly specifically, because I don't want, I, I don't know. It's just also don't such a make- touchy thing. And I don't want religious people to be listening to me like, oh, wow, you don't think that what I'm doing. Like, I, I don't feel that way. I don't care what anyone else does. Like, I feel like everyone's just looking. Everyone just wants to feel comfortable, wants to feel happy. We're all looking for like the framework that works for us that makes us feel like yeah. at peace. So I don't care at all if someone is religious and I, it's like, that's your thing. Do your thing. It's just... Yeah, I guess with the experiences I've had growing up, it's like that just doesn't work for me right now. And it's yeah, like I it's honestly I'm annoyed that it doesn't work for me because I wish it just did. Like sometimes I'm just like, oh, that feels like it would be so much better and less mentally taxing. Yeah, to just kind of. But I'm obviously I can't go back to that. Yeah, I'm too far. <laughs> Not too far gone, but it's like I've <laughs> yeah, you, know what far I, gone. you know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred. I'm on this journey and like I also just don't even like it because we don't know where anybody is it's one thing for me to talk about with people that I like know and care about in person but to just be like a sounding it out to anybody and not knowing where anybody is at is like I don't want to influence anybody to like have existential crisis today it's like (laughs) I don't want to but you know it is what it is so it is what it is I was not planning on going on that tangent but here we are it was on your mind it was (laughs) I'm like I have an answer for you read this book literally no but you know I'm sorry I've been feeling like that it's fine it's okay you know interestingly enough I feel like I was the opposite like I feel like I not like figured it out by any means but I feel like six months to a year ago probably like a year ago I was super confident in just everything how I felt about everything I remember just being like I don't know anything and I don't care that I don't know anything like I find comfort in that I feel so confident in where I'm at I don't literally care what a single person thinks about any of it yeah I feel so good I know I'm on the right path and then I just this is it's almost like that thing where you just expect to be on this uphill trajectory and like the second you're knocked down all you're like what the f and it's not this feeling that I'm feeling recently isn't like, oh no, like, should I go back to religion? Like, I made the wrong choice. It's not that at all. It's just like, oh wow. No, I just didn't, I didn't account for what are the new beliefs? Yeah. What am I now finding comfort in? Exactly. Nothing amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think it's going to happen for the rest of our lives. So awesome. I, I, I think it happens with everyone for the rest of their lives. Like, they think you have everything figured out, you feel good for a while, and then something else comes up, and then you have to deal with that. And that's also kind of what he talks about in the book. It's like, you just have to know that you just have yourself and there will be extremely difficult things happening in your life and you will go through them 
and you just have to. But that's the only thing is you have to go through it. And there's no answers to how, when, why, but you just have to go through it. There's no shortcuts. Yeah. Awesome. I know. Awesome. I agree. Last question. Yeah. Do you think aliens are real? How could they not be real? Of course. I don't want them coming anywhere near Earth. Absolutely not. After seeing signs, that's my biggest freaking fear. But I don't think the aliens are what we think they are, though. They're probably worse. We, but I don't think they're like, I think there's lots of different aliens. Same. I don't think there's just one kind of alien. But I do think they're probably, you know, aliens that would look at us like pests. Hmm. Interesting. Where it's like, do we look at spiders and like, they have a family. Like, let's leave them alone and leave their planet. No, we literally like build a home on their home and destroy them. So you think alien? There's some aliens that are like huge, maybe not huge, but more powerful than us. I think it is just it's crazy to assume we People are the are only leave life this form. No, literally, they're gonna be like, I uh, wasn't expecting to be scared of aliens taking over my planet. Be scared of have existential dread leaving that. If the universe awesome. is as big as everyone says it is. There's aliens. Yeah, there has to be. It's crazy to think we're the only life form no. ever in the universe, in the galaxies. No, come on. There's, there's got to be aliens. I just hope we live to see the day where we see one. Oh, I hope not. Why? I well, hope I'm they dead. They could be so sweet. If they're sweet. I don't know if they're evil. I don't think they're evil. I don't think, I don't think they're evil. That's what I'm saying. I think they just are like us with maybe they don't consider us. Okay. So they're just like... They're fine to destroy. They could just capture us and keep us enslaved. Oh, wow. Like, what if we are dogs to them? They just put us in, they kennel train us. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about the reverse, (laughs) like them having more power, like way more power than us. Oh, yeah. Maybe if they're cute little like friends, they come down, visit, share some intelligence. Yeah. Sweet. That's what it will happen. That's what it is, guys. Don't worry. You don't have any fears. There are only nice aliens out there. Well, that was quite, quite, quite the deep the dive. episode, the deep dive on the eight passengers talking about existential crisis and aliens. Well, we didn't know, but that's what you're getting today. Yep. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. And if we have merch still left available, it will be linked in the show notes. I think we potentially have some Valley Girl shirts and maybe mugs left, but the baby tees have been sold out for a little bit. With all of our merch, you guys, it's like once it's gone, it's gone. We don't re-release merch. So if you ever want it, make sure you get it close to when we launch it. And we're working on fall merch. So stay tuned for that. We love you guys so, so much. And that's That's what what we we said. said. (laughs) Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.